This podcast contains some strong themes which are not for everyone. It also contains themes of threat, home intrusion and animal cruelty. We go a bit off-piste in this episode. The initial plan was for Grace to do a completely unedited and mainly unscripted recording, which is what you're going to hear, but the microphone picked up some strange interference which Grace was unaware of at the time. We wanted to include it because this is what actually happened. You can hear this interference best if you listen on headphones. Feel free to interpret this and the story however you like. Hello, it's Grace here, obviously. Um, So as we've cut down our Red Rum episodes to just one a month, we wanted to give you something a little bit extra this October as it's Halloween and we are a true crime podcast. We wanted to make it a little bit different and hopefully a bit special too. So I thought rather than scripting a case that is someone else's story, why don't I tell you about something that I have a bit of a connection to? We've, uh, me and Russ, he's my partner, helps to edit the podcast, do the music, all that. We've made the decision to send this out unedited because we wanted to do an extra Halloween episode and we don't really have the time to do a proper, slick, edited episode like normal. I'm going to tell you a story that's true. It's real life. And it's been happening over just the last week. So it feels really present and honestly, it has really shaken us up. It's probably the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me or Russ, I imagine. Uh, I've changed the names just because I wanted to be as safe as possible. Russ isn't here tonight. He's gone out to the hospital Um In case you don't know, if you're not a regular listener, he's quit his job at the hospital after 17 years so that he can do full-time audio work. And he literally left last week. I think Friday was his last day. So he's just gone to pick up the last of his stuff now, tonight. So I wanted to get this recorded while he's out. The hospital's about half an hour away. So he'll probably be back in like a little more than an hour maybe an hour and a half. So I just thought I'll get this done now. Also, I am genuinely a bit scared. And I feel like talking to you guys, even though it's just through a microphone, it does make me feel a little bit less alone. I know that sounds silly, but this whole thing is a little bit close to home. And like I said, it's going to be unedited. So I'll try my hardest just to tell the story and get through it, but stuff might go wrong or our cat Arthur might make an appearance or a meow. But yeah, that's just what this episode will be. But hopefully it will be worth it. And I'd love to, as always, hear your thoughts afterwards. Me and Russ have got ourselves in quite a state over the last few days, so it would be good to hear what you think of the whole thing. It's an ongoing story. Um, I don't even know what the outcome will be, but it's at a point where we're genuinely, uh, me and Russ, we genuinely have been talking about calling the police. And I think when we both have a day off tomorrow, we probably will do. So I'll probably add on like um, a mini part two or something where I'll talk about what the outcome of that is. So me and Russ uh, live in Nottingham in this little flat at the end of a street with like three other houses on it. Nottingham is in a stage of redevelopment and 
our street used to be quite industrial. So right now there's not a lot here. It's our house, a couple of others way up the road and that's it really. We're quite far out as well. Public transport isn't good. So you've really got to drive to go anywhere. In our house, we're in like a block of four flats. So there's two ground floor and two first floor. We don't really know our neighbours that well, to be honest. I only moved in here about a year, year and a half ago, and there's been the pandemic, a lockdown. I really haven't gotten to know the neighbours that well, but I do see them about, especially the ones next door, both downstairs and upstairs. And over the last week, we have spoken quite a bit. There's Richard next door. I do see him walking about quite a bit and Samira above him. She lives on her own and she works as a teacher, so is out pretty much all day, home, evenings and weekends, all that. And then the guy above, Julian, um, well, we don't really know him, keeps himself to himself, but we'll get to him later. We're part of this WhatsApp group that a three of the four flats are a part of. Julian's the only person not in that group. Samira is really active on the socials. She's a proper late at night texter or reply within three seconds kind of person. If anything's going... If anything's go... Can you hear that? If anything's go... Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, I don't even know. It might just be in my headphones. I was, I was just saying if... Anything's going on with the flats or like outside, anything, water leak, stray dog, anything, she's on it. Oh. Sorry about that. When you're recording a Red Rum episode alone at night. <laughs> Hello. Sorry. Anyway, um so the other day on uh Monday, maybe, or Tuesday, Samira texted the group and sent this massive like essay of a text, and it was pretty weird. Basically, she'd just been about to leave for work in the morning when she heard a knock on the door. She got her stuff ready and went to answer it, but when she opened the door, there was no one there. She was in a rush, so didn't really think much of it, but as she was locking up, she did notice some, like, little bones outside her front door. She thought it was probably just, like, a few sticks that looked like bones or something. We have our little cat, Arthur, and he does sometimes bring things home, maybe sticks or sometimes a little bird or mouse. It is a bit grim, but it's rare and they're usually fully intact, like not bony. It never gets to that point. Obviously, they would become bony at some point, but that's never around the flats. It just doesn't happen. Russ has had Arthur for about four years and that's never happened, but... Anyway, when Samira came home from work and had a little bit more time, she got a bit of a closer look. She actually took a photo and sent it on the WhatsApp group, probably wanted us to say, oh no, don't worry, it's just a few twigs, but they were definitely bones. 
you could tell it was like little animal bones. Um, I'll upload the photo on Instagram so that you can see what I'm talking about. But then she texts the WhatsApp group asking if someone would mind moving them because bones freak her out. <laughs> I do get it. I, I'm not bad with bones, but I might be if I had to actually touch them. Um, but my little sister hates them. She freaks out even at the mention of bones. So I do get it. It's not nice. So Russ texts that he would go and throw them away. He took a picture of the cleared space, sent it to the WhatsApp group, and that was that. But then probably like two or three days later, and Richard, the guy in the flat next to us, texts the group saying the same thing about hearing a knock at his door, and then when he went to answer it, there was no one there. But there were a load of bones outside his door. And obviously, like... I just assumed Russ had moved them nearby and, I don't know, Arthur, our cat, had scattered them about or something. But Richard sent a picture on WhatsApp and it was like they had definitely been placed. They were in this sort of weird formation, almost like a massive circle with a star in it. And I'd literally, about a month before, just been writing that episode on John Horgan where the teenager Lorcan had painted a pentagram on his prison cell floor. So I just googled pentagram because I did recognise that star in a circle thing and it was a literal pentagram. Like, no, no mistaking, no possibly accidental Arthur thing, it was 100% an intentional shape. And there were, I don't know, like at least 20 bones, all really little, all animal bones, but 20 is a lot. Also, a part of me, well, both me and Russ thought there's got to be an explanation for it. We literally spend most of our time making episodes of Red Rum, which are true crime cases, where there's always an explanation and it makes sense in terms of logical or like actual reality. So obviously by this point, we're like, well, someone's messing with us. But more than just like a bit of a prank or a joke, we don't really know many people on this street. It's, it's not like that. And Samira and Richard wouldn't have done it. I think I'd find it funny, maybe, if we knew anyone here, but we don't. So it's... <sighs> we did think, me, me and Russ had spoken about all the weird knocking and bones and stuff. And we did think, maybe it was your man in the upstairs flat, Julian. There was no proof or anything at that point. It was just an assumption. We just didn't know who else it could have been. Like, it's not like people pass by here much at all. So it kind of had to be someone who was around a lot. But like I said, there was no proof or anything at that point. We just didn't know who else it could be. So back on Wednesday, I think it was, and Russ and Richard were talking on this WhatsApp group and Obviously, I'm there with Russ, like telling him what to type or seeing what Richard's responding. I think we were all a. I think we were all a bit. Fr I think we were all a. Can you hear that on the mic? What was I saying? Um. Oh, yeah. Um, so we were all a bit freaked out. And then 
I realised that from when Russ had texted Samira saying he'd removed all the bones from outside her door, she hadn't texted back. And Samira is like, well, I said a minute ago, she's like on it with her phone. Proper active, always replies. Her car was parked out the back, so we knew she was in, which was abnormal in itself because it's a weekday and she's a teacher, but... oh, It was a bit weird that she hadn't replied, but people get busy, don't they? So we just assumed she hadn't seen it or hadn't got round to replying or whatever. Oh, sorry, one second. Sorry about that. I thought the door went, but it might have been next door. Or I'm imagining things. I do properly freak myself out when I'm home alone. Um, right. What was I saying? Uh, okay. Yeah, so this is where things do get a bit weird. We got a strange voice message on the group and it was from Samira, but it was just like a... Well, Russ thought it was a butt dial. You know where you accidentally call someone when your phone's in your pocket, but you can't really do that on WhatsApp on a voice message. I think that'd be quite hard. I don't know. I'm sure someone will let me know on our Instagram or email us or whatever. Anyway, it it did freak us out. Um, Actually, I wanted to play it. I've only got it on my phone, but hopefully you can hear it. Isn't that weird? So obviously that weird voice note came in and we messaged Samira a couple more times on the group chat and tried calling her but didn't get an answer. We decided that we'd go round and knock on if we didn't hear anything by the next day. Her car was there so we knew she must be in but I don't know, maybe she was poorly or had Covid or something and just couldn't get to her phone. So then Richard said he was going to come outside and remove the bones and we went out just to have some actual face-to-face contact with him. We all shared a like, God, this is strange but fine moment and then Richard used just like a Tesco bag or something to pick up the bones, scoop them up and then went and put them in the outside bin. We told him we were going to wait to see if we heard from Samira by tomorrow and if not, we'd just give a knock on her door and check she was okay. Also, if she did have COVID, she might need food delivering or whatever, you know. And then Richard actually said he was going to do his weekly food shop in the morning anyway. So he'd pop round and he'd fill us in with what happened. So we just waited. To be honest, I really don't think we were too worried then. I'm still trying to not let myself get actually, you know. The next day, which was about three days ago now, or two or three, Richard was going to try and speak to Samira and then go for a food shop and then report back. Like, just message the group or maybe come around and tell us, we weren't sure. But 
Anyway, by that evening, we hadn't heard anything. So Russ just tried straight up calling him, but it rang and there was no answer. He also texted the WhatsApp group, but no answer. We still had no reply a few hours later and we could see on the group that everyone had read the messages. We were getting a bit freaked out at this point, like like we didn't even want to leave the house, but also we weren't going to do nothing. So we both went round to Richard's flat and knocked on his door. He's not the pranking type at all, like proper straight-laced. He's a psychologist, he's about 50, and we don't even know him that well. We also thought... He could just be busy. He's always working mad hours at his job or maybe he was just ill too, COVID or something. But it's just too many things to be a joke or a coincidence. Something really... I I was scared by this point. To be honest, I think even Russ was. He tried to shrug it off like me, but we waited a good five minutes at Richard's door, maybe closer to ten, but he didn't answer. And then we tried Samira's too, but again, no answer, and her car's still there, and Richard's. So now we're like, well, I genuinely considered calling the police at this point, but what do I say? Oh, we found some bones outside our neighbours' flats, and now they're not answering their phones. What was that? Can you... I don't know if you'd have heard that. I even considered going round to Julian's flat, like just knocking on and asking if he'd seen anyone hanging around outside the flats, but we'd never really spoken to him before, not properly, and he could be a bit like, I don't know. Well, I'm glad I didn't, now we know what we know. Russ remembered that ages ago Richard's bike kept getting stolen, so he had CCTV installed round the back. On the WhatsApp group, we all have access to it. It's just like one of those online 24-hour things. So we logged on to check around the time Richard found the bones. It took a while, but eventually we did find that night. You can't see the whole area of flats, like the front doors and stuff. You can just see the back area. But we did see, around the time Richard said he got a knock, we did see Julian walking past the camera. And that was weird in itself because Julian's front door is on the opposite side to Richard's. There's just no reason why he would have needed to be walking from that way. So it's pretty obvious it's probably him. And that's why we've decided we're going to go to the police tomorrow. We don't have actual proof he did it and it's not even a crime. It may be harassment, but I don't think the police are going to be too bothered by it. That's why we haven't gone up till now. But it is shady and to be honest, we're just both a bit freaked out. Like. What does he need the bones for? And why is he making a pentagram outside of the flats? Like, what's it for? I've I've read about this kind of stuff when researching for Red Rum, and it makes me feel really uneasy that he's done it to Samira and Richard, and now there's just silence from them both. I don't know. The bones thing and the radio silence from Samira and Richard are probably not connected, but then what if they are and we did nothing about it. So that's why we're going to go to the police tomorrow. And I will fill you in with what happens. Like I said, I'll maybe record a little two-parter or something after we've spoken to the police tomorrow. But
Welcome to the voicemail. I'm sorry, but the person you call is not available. Please leave your message after the tone. For us, it's Grace. Call me back as soon as you get this. It's an emergency. Um, I heard a knock outside our door and there was no one there. And I've just been back outside because Arthur was making weird sounds and there's bones in a pentagram shape, just like Samira and Richard. And now I'm really... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, he's trying to get it. I'm calling the police. This podcast was written by Grace Cordell. It was produced by Russ Clark and Grace Cordell, with many thanks to the creative consultation of Jack McNamara.